Disney said, we don't talk about Bruno Manuel Miranda. This is Spoilers. <laughs> this is Spoilers. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. But- that, that one was for you, Stevie, specifically. I like that. I like that a lot. Because you hate Lin-Manuel Miranda. <sighs> Did he win you back a little bit? A lot of bit. I'll say that. He won me back a lot of bit. This is spoilers. That This is Pappy. You're the voice of Stevie. We also have Josh. Say hi, Josh. Hello. And we're here to talk about Encanto. I have an opening question. It's a pretty obvious opening question, but of course, this is three guys in their 30s talking about a movie made for children, Disney. We've, we've covered a lot of Disney movies, Stevie, and, and every Disney movie in one podcast. Yes, we have. All right, off the top real quick, Stevie, where does this rank in your Disney movies? And then which of the superpowers would you have if you could have any of these superpowers? You're talking about like the whole list that we did? The whole, um, well, just, no, just at a high level, just like top half, top third, top 1%, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm going to be watching it more and more, and I like what'll seal that is when I do the behind the scenes, and like if they ever release that, kind of like how it was made, you know, this is where we drew inspiration from. That'll really seal it. But I'm guessing off now. This is a weird number to say, like top eight percent, top seven percent. That's pretty good. That's up there. That it's up. I mean, it, it might even go up even higher. Like, I love this movie, but I just need to watch that stuff more. So the music of Lin-Manuel Miranda is correlated with you liking the Disney movie, you could say. 100%. I mean, my I think it's my second favorite uh, Disney movie ever is the Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, all all of his songs on that. What did he do to you? I feel like he just leaned into his quirkiness a bit too much. The lip bite? The lip bite and his... It's not really more so his songs that he creates. It's kind of like his rapping style that really annoys me. Because I feel like I can just do it like in five minutes. And he'd be like, oh, that's Lemon Man Miranda rap. But the songs he creates are genuinely genius. So I will say that. Which superpower, though, of the family would you want? Ooh. um, Man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I would love the mom superpower. Being able to heal through food. It's pretty OP. <laughs> That's a great superpower, man. I i love that. That's a really, really good one. Um, I'll go next. This is Pappy. The, the super, I already said that, but the superpower I would want would be the shape-shifting ability. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like that's also very OP. Um, Milo, yeah. I'm going to be in the NBA. Um, I'm going to be an actor. Um, you know, I'm going to, all the things. It's going to be great. Shape shifting for sure. So many implications. What percentage, Pap? What what, uh, what upper echelon is this for you? Twelve, I think, out of forty six. So whatever that equals, but okay. almost top ten. Yeah, right, right there. Good deal, Josh. What about you though? What superpower? Well, Abuela's superpower of being a stone cold bitch is pretty good. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a good one, bro. <laughs> I think uh, Isabella just being able to grow plants like crazy. They show it as flowers, but could she do like fruits and veggies too? Like, seems pretty cool. Like fruit trees? I think that would work. I think she could totally do that. She I was think doing she could 100% stuff do by that. Then. Yeah. yeah. The strong girl kind of gets shafted compared to these other superpowers. She's like the Hulk. She has a whole song about it, Pap. The storm cloud, that's not even an advantage. 
really. I mean, she she can control the weather, but not voluntarily. Yeah, no, I mean? it's through her emotions. <laughs> it seems like a liability more than anything. Um, so if you if you haven't seen Encanto, if you're just a big fan of spoilers, like we've been talking about, this is a movie that's almost like The Incredibles mixed with. Beauty and the Beast is that a good comparison, Stevie? Brave I with think. a little bit of brave thrown in there. Oh, yeah, it seems like a lot of bit of brave to me. Like I said, music by Lin Manuel Miranda. It's a very colorful movie. Josh, if you're going to describe Encanto to someone who had never seen it before, what would you say about it? Can we finish talking about Lin Manuel though first? I think I'm we so should. confused. Yeah. I'm so confused because Stevie has hated on him so hard. I thought he was canceled for something legitimate, but I guess it's just Stevie's. It's it's his quirkiness, man. (laughs) Stevie's quirk about his quirkiness. But do you guys know about his level of involvement here? Because if you just IMDB the cast, he's like the ninth listed writing credit story by, and he's nowhere else. Like typically, you might expect him to actually be voicing a character over, but he doesn't do that either. So I thought he was like the composer or composer of the songs. I think he was like the creator of like the like the musical songs that drove the story. Kind of like Mirabelle explaining like who the amazing Madrigals are, or you know Luisa explaining you know I'm sick of having to carry this family's burden of being strong, or Isabel's song stuff like that. Then I think the actual Colombian songs were um, created and scored by someone else. I think Jermaine Franco, right, Pap? Yeah, his credits is in the musical department, original songs by Lin-Manuel okay. Miranda. Yep. So he's not writing dialogue. He didn't create the overall character no. arcs or anything like that. Well, I think he's the only one who wrote the songs. I think there's like a music composer, but I think like all of the words mm-hmm. are written by him. So... Yeah, I don't know why Stevie hates him so much. He seems like a really good guy, good family man, <laughs> writes good music, never hurt anybody. His music is stunning, bro. <laughs> it just seems like there's so many people to hate. Why do, why do people hate him? Is it the lip bite? It's, it's is not that just really a me it? thing either, that, either Pat. That's though. what I'm it's saying. It's not just a me Give thing. Give us an insight into the world of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Because like, like the spoiler said, it's like it did feel like Disney distanced themselves from him. And I don't know if it's backlash from like In the Heights. Hamilton? It's, it's from In the Heights. And in the Heights, yeah, I guess he got semi canceled for that, right? It's purely from In the Heights. It's not even a canceled thing. It's a, a thing of you know we put his name on like the first big bomb of when theaters like were fully back. You know maybe we shouldn't put his name again on this. Which I, in retrospect, I think they should have. I think his music was that good, like that good in this movie that they should have. It feels more Lin Manuel Miranda e than Moana did, right? Because Moana just feels more like Disney ballad songs. Like, there's a couple, like, mm-hmm. raps and rhymes in here. Like, You're Welcome felt very Lin-Manuel Miranda, but almost every song in this that was an original song felt Lin-Manuel Miranda, if that makes sense. And I think just the fact, you know, it was directed by Jared Bush and Brian Howard. There was another co-director. There's six other people that helped write this but we're here talking about lynn manuel that's how all of them work josh there's always two directors every animated (laughs) movie done by disney even pixar is done with two directors i think one of them i forget which one it was jared bush maybe did he do tangled in zootopia too is like writing staff or something um okay Brian Howard directed Byron, Bolt. Byron Sorry, Howard. Byron Howard directed Bolt, Encanto, Tangled, and Zootopia. So varying degrees. 
Oh, goodness. Yeah. Hey, Bolt, you know, they, they were trying to get back on track. But Zootopia entangled our bangers, though. But you guys see what I'm talking about. When you talk about this movie at a family dinner or at the water cooler at the office or whatever, you're gonna, everyone's going to be talking about how it's like the Lin-Manuel Miranda movie. Is that maybe that lends credit to what Stevie's saying? Is, is it getting a little too much credit? Like, are we talking about him too much here? <laughs> I mean, you you were pulling up the soundtrack right before we started recording. There's like 44 songs. Like yeah. The soundtrack is 111 minutes. The movie's like an hour and 40 minutes. So it's like the whole movie is almost the the soundtrack. So is that how you would describe it, Josh? Would you first lean into the the musicality of it? Because it also looks great too i feel like you could also kind of go that route when describing it yeah but i think to be honest we're kind of used to animation looking beautiful and smooth now so i i'm looking at story and yeah i guess the songwriting too as we move through this thing and both of those things are really strong i think i think this is like way more artistic than like an illumination movie though like when you say cv than like minions or something like just like the it within the songs they get kind of abstract you know what i mean it's like the characters are kind of moving through time and space in different settings and stuff it's cool it's really cool not just that but i mean there's a lot of animation in this movie that just looks beautiful i mean even when you go into bruno's tower the shot of like looking up in the cavern that takes time and money and a lot of work or even when mirabelle is hugging you know abuela at the river and you see the sunset coming off and all the purples and golds and yellows mixed with the green. This movie looks beautiful. And I've never seen that type of animation in a illumination movie by any degree. Set in Columbia. Let's get into the characters a little bit. Josh, you just want to pick one of the characters and, and walk through who they who they are? You don't even have to know their name. No, sure. I talked some mad crap about Abuela Alma earlier. <laughs> Poor Abuela. She's the matriarchal figure. Um, within the course of the story, you learn that she created the source of like magic that created the house and gives all the children different gifts. And she's very insecure and she feels like it's going to fall apart at any time. And our main character, Mirabelle, like her whole shtick is that she didn't get like this magic gift on her, what, like fifth birthday or something, Pat? Something like that. What birthday? I don't know. Did they say what birthday? I don't know. It is? It's like some is it coming. A they're, they're young. It's a coming they're of age young. ceremony <laughs> where they're bestowed yeah. with a power from a door. Yeah, and Mirabelle like doesn't get one, and the ceremony goes wrong, and so she's just stuck as a regular person. And what I'm getting at is that early on in the film, especially Abuela is very cold to her and not reassuring. Like, hey, even though you don't have a power, we still love you. It's more like. Step aside so the people with powers can shine. (laughs) (laughs) Mirabelle, played by Stephanie Beatriz, a.k.a. Agent Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn. Rosa, Rosa, Rosa. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Stevie, she's incredibly well-adjusted for her being born not super powerful in this family of superheroes. That would be tough. That'd be devastating. It's really tough, and I love her opening song. What's that opening song called about the Madrigals? Uh, that's what the family's name is, the Madrigals. I just cannot remember. Well, it's like oh, the, the family Madrigal. When they're like introducing yeah. all the characters or whatever. Yeah, and she's going through all of them, and you know the kids from, you know, the town are asking, you know, what about you? What about you? And that's when a boiler shows up. Like, why are you singing to these kids when you should be nowhere in sight? Oh, gosh. Abuela is super cold. (laughs) Back to the shadows. 
Digging into Normie. that song a little bit, though, I I love the second verse of the song where they like press her the ki- the townsfolk's kids press her like, hey, what's your super talent? Yeah, You're and instead of <laughs> instead of saying she doesn't have one, she just tries to recap the whole family like super quickly. <laughs> That's a good verse. Um, yeah, so speaking of that family, so we talked about there's one of them that's strong. Stevie, what was her name? The strong one? Louisa. You like Louisa, right? You're a big fan of her? Louisa's my favorite character in the entire movie. I think Surface Pressure is one of the better songs. Um, it's probably actually my favorite one out of the Lin Manuel Miranda songs. Um, but also just that, that song's cool too. She's explaining, you know, even though I look strong, I like him carrying this massive burden where it's like I need to be perfect, which is pretty much the theme for the entire family because of Abuela. And then also, I love the jokes when the magic is starting to go and she can't lift like a plant, (laughs) like uh, a potted plant, or she can't like lift the piano for her dad to play and she's just bawling, laying on the ground. (laughs) Stuff like that is so funny. Noisily dragging the piano across the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's crazy about that, Stevie, is probably the most emotional I got personally was during that song for some reason. And it's placed in a part in the movie where, by all accounts, you shouldn't have uh, momentum like that, I guess. I don't know. Did that hit you hard at all, too? Oh, like hard. There's, I forget what the lyric is, but um, let's see. Uh, hold on. Why is that in... When no. I Google the lyrics, they first show up in Chinese or Dude, something. Dude, mind you, so. you said, just wait. <laughs> mind you showed up in Chinese. What is up with that? Interesting. Uh, the line where she says, give it to your sister, it doesn't hurt her. See if she can handle every family burden. That like made like my throat choke up a little bit. I was like, shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a super sad lyric. <laughs> I think that you, everyone can relate that to themselves, but... Even if you'd recognize, like, hey, I'm kind of like a lazy person or something, like, I think you probably know someone like that. Cause, like, every family, uh, I don't know. We can get into, like, how it can relate to, like, real life family. Josh, as we have go. you ever felt that for your two other brothers? Since, you know, you're a brother of three, not a sister of three, but do you feel like Louisa a little bit? Uh, honestly, not really. Mm. But, like, with little kids, I think that is more of an immediate thought like mm-hmm. i have three daughters so you know they're allowed to just come around and like punch me in the face and stuff <laughs> i gotta be strong you know can't fly off the handle <laughs> there's a couple other like we mentioned super here there's a new kid on the block felix that's a new kid right stevie who's having his ceremony uh i think felix is his dad okay what's yeah the, i don't think felix is right what's the kid's name uh, the new kid, Antonio. Antonio. Antonio yep. Okay. Yep. 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 And his real life kid actually looks exactly like the character, which <laughs> yes, is, he does, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> but so Antonio gets a pretty cool superpower. He's like the Doctor Doolittle of the family. Can speak to animals. Um, but this is where Stevie, we get the conflict. Now we've been talking about this a lot lately. There's not a villain in this movie i love it what's the conflict that needs to be solved here though (sighs) the conflict is the magic is dying and you know no one can really figure out why a lot of folks don't believe it this is the beauty and the beast part they have this candle that is the you know it keeps the encanto going yeah starting to flicker a little bit starting to fade (laughs) um and so mirabelle takes it upon herself 
to save, you know, fix the magic, save the magic. How can we keep this Encanto going? And upon that, we learn about, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. And apparently, Bruno had a vision that had him cast away into the walls with the rats, where it wasn't even a vision, it was kind of a fate decider. Whereas Mirabelle's either going to destroy the magic or save the magic. So it's kind of a prophecy. Mm-hmm. Bruno, played by none other than John Leguizamo. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Why is that casting. so funny? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Though. Absolute perfect casting. <laughs> perfect casting. So, I mean, yeah. And obviously then we have that the... Josh, right, that the symbolism is is that the family love connection is what's holding the literal magical house together. We haven't mentioned that, I guess, too much. Did you like the interaction of the house? There's not really a cute sidekick, per se, but it's really rather the house. More like the wa- it's like the water in Moana, right? It's like a bigger yeah. thing. You know what? I, I'm wondering if Stevie caught this on rewatches, too, but... When I was doing research for the pod and watching some clips of the movie, I kind of had the thought dawned on me that maybe Casita is kind of the uh, the unknown abuelo grandpa who died in the river is like his kind of spirit living on. And so in that way, it's like even cooler, I think. But d- did you catch that, Stevie, or am I way off? No, I think that's a that'd be a really cool way of interpreting it. Kind of like Casita is like Abuelo, just, you know, seeing his family. Yeah, and even like the the building of the house itself, right? The protection it, or something. That made me feel that way, which is like Casita, like Abuelo, is like trying to talk to the family like something is wrong. It needs to be fixed. Like, this is the way I can show it. But it's a chicken or the egg situation if you think yeah, about the magic first. itself. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're dealing with a prophecy in, <laughs> in Star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever series you're talking about. Pappy, isn't the prophecy always kind of a plot hole in and of itself yeah. already? Well, and I like that when they're like the we don't talk about Bruno thing. It's It's even... When they're sort of introducing it, it's like very clearly things that were just going to kind of happen anyway, right? Like the one mm-hmm. chick's fish dies and the one dude gets fat <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's, they're inevitable things that he sees. And I, I was worried they were going to go like a butterfly effect thing for a second because you see that butterfly in the initial prophecy i thought it was gonna be like oh no like is ashton kutcher gonna show up or are we gonna be having oh like, boy some kind of like <laughs> butterfly effect this could go one way or the other type thing um that's the main conflict and it's you know stevie there's not really there is a very down moment i guess for the characters what we call like sort of the end of the second act when the house falls down but that's not before the two sisters connect and jive up together. Is this on par with Frozen, Disney Sisters connecting? Man, oh man, I do like that song a lot, and especially when Isabella's talking about, I don't always want to grow, you know, the most beautiful things in the town. You know, it's pressure for me just to make everything gorgeous, and sometimes I just don't want to. You know, that feel kind of the same thing with, Abuela has literally wrecked these people. Like, they feel the need to be perfect 24-7. Abuela doesn't even have any powers of her own. She's, She's just, just projected. the keeper of the magic. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't do anything. But, um, 
As far as sisterly songs go, I would take Frozen over this one, but I do like this song a lot and the animation that goes with it. They really drive home the sisterly aspect in Frozen. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty much those two bouncing off each other for both movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it's very much like here's our cast ensemble crew and they're kind of going around, bopping around. But I will <laughs> say Bru- Bruno was my favorite character. Not that he has the best superpower because it's almost like a cursed superpower, but it was very enjoyable whenever Bruno was around on screen, don't you think? I like the mice, the ratatouilles <laughs> that he lived with. That was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Telenovelas with mice. John Leguizamo just looks over and like the rats are scrubbing their ass with his toothbrush. He's like, yeah, maybe I can leave this place. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's time to get out of here. Yeah, he's probably my favorite character. Character too. I mean, the only reason I would compare it to Frozen, it's like they literally need a hug. And this, it like starts to solve the problem at first. So Abuela comes up and just wrecks shit in the house. Why are you hugging? <laughs> I will say this, though. The one thing I do like they did with the whole Bruno story about, you know, it's not a vision, it's prophecy. It wasn't a prophecy at all. It ended up actually just being a vision. And I did like that. Well, the things came true. That just true. was the vision. Part of both it, came, right? yeah. yeah. Well, both things came true. Like the magic went away and Mirabelle also fixed it. So it really wasn't even a prophecy. Which part of that vision is the house snapping in half, even the mountain next to the house snapping mm-hmm. in half. This was the tear-jerking moment for me when we go back and we see like the night that their grandpa died and stuff. Jesus. So we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. Josh, what do you think happened to the grandpa? Stevie made it sound like it was horrific on-screen bloody death, but I believe it was off-screen. It's on-screen. He gets still, decapitated. They show up. <laughs> I think it's death by, like, sword or some sort of bayonet. Machete. But, like, yeah. It, Stevie, this hits home almost in a way that, like, it makes me think of, like, Pan's Labyrinth or something. Like, this is brutal, real stuff where it's, like, you know that this has happened to, like, real families before, and it's just terrible. Well, it's just like it's such a tear-jerking moment with the music playing and, you know, Mirabelle seeing through the eyes of Abuela and seeing how, you know, Grandpa literally sacrificed himself so his family and many others could live by, you know, going up to four men on horseback with machetes because that's not horrific. But <coughs> out of it came the magic. It is horrific, though. Why does he turn around? Why does he go back? What did that accomplish? Time, bro, and the Encanto but came out of it. But she just falls. Well, yeah, I guess. No, the get Encanto into it. Encanto came out of it because <sighs> she should have been just like moving on with that time, right? But right. she stays on the riverbank. I think that's what you're getting at. <laughs> Had the Encanto not come out of it, which I mean, this might be Grandpa's soul, which is like being in what do they call the house, the casita, casita, uh, yeah. casita. I mean, I mean, it might be Grandpa's soul because it's literally. From that moment, a whole mountain range and town, which, where did these other people come from? Those, those were all the refugees then for yeah. this yep. town? Okay. This is a really good point, though. Like, this is more proof that Abuela is just kind of a poser. Like, <laughs> if the gift is the soul of the grandpa who sacrificed himself, which makes a lot of sense, then she really didn't do anything except just carry that candle back. But like, it- the house made itself... 
But it was a useless sacrifice to begin with. The grandpa just goes, whoa, horses. Then it gets his head sliced <laughs> off like fucking Ichabod Crane or whatever. Like, what this are we is where, talking about here? <laughs> this is where, for me, I think you can fill in some gaps, Stevie. Are there some myths about maybe sacrificing yourself? Is there a little witchcraft going on here that they don't show? No clue. Absolutely no clue. I just took this as... You know, Grandpa made the ultimate sacrifice, and out of that came <laughs> this beautiful encanto. And Abuela is, like, so scared of having what happened to her in the beginning of her life happen again that she'll do anything, even at the detriment of her own family, to hold on to that encanto. The film is deliberately vague as to the time frame in which it's set, but drew inspiration from earliest early 20th century Columbia. At the beginning of the at the 20th century, the country endured the Thousand Days War, which resulted in populations of entire villages fleeing to save themselves, as depicted in the film. The Thousand Days War was a looks like a civil war between liberals and conservatives within Colombia. So, I mean, that I was wondering, like, what specific conflict this was referencing, but. We talked about this in Raya and the Last Dragon. Like, I'm glad that this is like a real Latin American country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like some fictional version of Latin America. It embraces the Colombia. And Stevie, like one of your favorite songs as like the word Colombia in it, right? Me and Canto Colombia or Colombia Me and Canto, one of the others. What are your what yeah. are, what were your favorite songs from this from this Disney movie. Um, talking about the Lin Manuel version or the actual like Colombian like songs. See, you won't even give him credit for the music <sighs> that he literally wrote. <laughs> that he literally wrote. Okay, I do like the Family Madrigal a lot. Surface Pressure is probably my favorite Lin Manuel Mar- Miranda one. Um, Surface Pressure is very rappy. It feels very Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, I just I don't know. I like it when um, you know she was singing about give it to your sister. And I think that would happen in those lyrics. Those were awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, El Camino de Mary Ball was really good. Um, let's see here. Oh, Columbia Me Encanto was probably my favorite out of the entire thing. Love that song. We're hearing that in the background now. But Josh, you mentioned sort of the the big dramatic reveal where, where we learned that... Uh, Abuela's life isn't is a lot harder than Mirabel even could have known. How does the conflict get wrapped up here? Take us to the very end of the final act. Well, I think a theme that's been building up, and it has to do with a lot of these songs that we've been touching on, is that the family members they kind of <laughs> they kind of mess up their own work life balance to a point. Each one of them in their own individual way, whether it's lifting too many things or it's making too many beautiful things and so like eventually like mirabelle has to be the mediator one kind of one by one being a therapist through the family and it ends with abuela and i don't know i think stevie could probably do this scene a lot more justice specifically as far as like what their conversation entails between abuela and mirabelle yeah because it's good it's really good I, I cried at this part when Abuela really screwed up with Bruno and she has to see the future and that's when we see Mirabelle and kind of like everything that like could go wrong in Abuela's mind and she's praying to her late husband about you know send me a miracle send me a miracle you know 
help us. And the entire time it was Mirabelle all along, and I love that, and I cried. She was the miracle. Mm-hmm. She was the one that would fix the magic, and I cried ugly at that part. Josh, did you cry at all during the movie? I didn't. This this was this was like giving me that feeling, but like I said, surface pressure did too. What about you, Pat? Uh, I got a little teared up uh, at the part where they were like literally reliving the grandpa dying, and there's like this one shot of like young Abuela when she's like holding her three daughters, and she just looks so like stressed out and sad. It's like oh, that got me like in the feels, but. Um, the very, very ending though, the community comes back together to build up the town. I mean, this is really kind of a de facto royal family of this community now, right? At this point where now the, mm-hmm. the community has to come in and like <laughs> build their palace back for them, basically. This really is like Jeff Bezos went bankrupt, so all the Amazon workers yeah. show up and like build them a new house. <laughs> Thank you, overlords. Here, let's reconstruct your moat here. (laughs) Use some alligators for your moats in case there's a revolution. Um, But yeah, I mean, and then play the music roll credits, right? Uh, Any other final thoughts? Anything I missed from my high-level overview of Encanto? There's the whole failed engagement subplot we didn't talk about. You gotta have a romance in there, Pat. It wasn't failed, though. Well... It ended up, we didn't talk about the girl who just can spy on everyone. She can hear everything. Dolores, right? First of all, hilarious Seinfeld reference in the name, clearly. Oh, okay. S- Second, <laughs> Stevie, just think about the implications of hearing everything. That's no good. You don't want to hear everything. She's always blabbing, too. She's the first one to blab. Yeah, like when she runs in on um, Mirabelle and her dad talking about the vision. Yeah. <laughs> Again, she's a liability. She's a liability, but I do like during the um, We Don't Talk About Bruno song, where she goes, Bruno said, like, I would meet the love of my life or whatever, and it's not meant to be because, you know, he's going to be with Isabel. And Bruno was right. Dolores ended up with that really dumb guy. I think she might have, earlier in the pod, we said which superpowers we'd most like to have, but for what she does, I think she's the strongest. Like, you're made out to believe basically like if two people in the family were whispering with boiling water next to them, she would hear it. And even if they like just wrote on a piece of paper messages to each other, she'd be able to like hear the pencil moving and figure out like what they're talking about. Like nothing gets by her. But as I'm saying that would be a curse of a thing. Like she's going to hear everyone like farting, <laughs> like people on the toilet. Like wouldn't it be like, you know, headphones like in your phone though. You can like pick what songs you want to listen to. I think so. That's that's how I. She can like du- like direct it. Aim her sonar in one way, yes, or another. I guess that yeah. makes sense. She's pretty OP then. But I, I don't know, Stevie. Did you like the whole romance subplot? It felt again very like new age Disney of subverting not once but twice the you know arranged marriage, and then the the dudes like. Let's get married, and the superhearing chicks like not so fast there, hot shot. <laughs> you know, so, but like, do you like it? Yeah, I liked it. Um, there's not a whole lot I don't like about this movie at all. So, I mean, I really have no comments with that at all. Can I run a couple thoughts by you guys, please? Sure. I want to know what you think about this. I I think there's something in like 
you guys know I always love like the mythical supernatural type stuff in movies. And I think I know this movie's fantastical, but my my mind works like in a way that I'm trying to relate this to like the real world, right? So I think it's really cool that they're like mythologizing a potential village or maybe a family had a bunch of talented people and one was like a really good gardener and one was actually just strong, like not superhumanly Hulk strong, but just like strong mm-hmm. and like so on and so forth. One was like really smart. One was really good with animals and like, like a family like that in a time of like revolution and upheaval, like could be a shining light and like a story that's told and kind of gets telephoned. Am I on to anything here? Because that's like just, that. like, really cool. Yeah, I, I like the thought of that, actually, a lot. Just kind of, like, you know, in a time of, like, super darkness, like, mythologizing, like, like great people. That's what I'm saying. I think it's more of a history is written by the victors. These people are actually brutal oppressors to this community. But the story is passed <laughs> oh down that they were these loving overlords who could heal people with their food. When they happen to give them bread. I think if you, though, break it down, like, the Encanto itself is, like, this five seconds that the Abuela gave this group of villagers to escape, right? So from there on out, like, the villagers were always in debt to him and his family and offspring, right? For generations, they remembered that. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that's really cool to think about. Um, Yeah. I mean, instead of I was being, it was a touching moment when the villagers come in and they're like, no, you don't have to lift anything. You know what I mean? Like, we got this. I thought that was sweet. Like, even though, like I said, the implications are this feels to be like a little bit of a ruling class (laughs) royal family type situation. (laughs) But uh, any other final thoughts? If not, we can just get into yes or no's. Uh, Josh, you want to do your yes or no first? Sure. Um, I think the quintessential moment for the movie is truly the song that we keep mentioning. It's Surface Pressure. It's the third song out of the 44 songs that are on the soundtrack. And it hits you early. And there's also like this little joke that they never say, I don't think, but it just kind of dawns on you that the super song the super strong sister that's always like muscling around everything. What's her name? Louisa. Louisa. She's like carrying all the mules from like site to site. (laughs) And like by all accounts, mules jobs are like to carry stuff. (laughs) True. (laughs) And that was just like a really cool joke that was subtle. And it was right in the midst of this like really emotional moment where she's talking about work-life balance, basically. Um, this is just a really good movie all around, and I think we should give equal credit to all of the writers and directors, not just Lin-Manuel, but I, I'm kind of too tired to list the rest of them off, so it's a yes for me. <laughs> I did like how the donkeys were playing the violins and cellos in the Titanic uh, before uh, Louisa broke the glacier and, or the iceberg in half. That was pretty good. Uh, I'll go next. This is Pappy. I uh, gotta give this a pretty solid yes. Brian Howard, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Bolt. A lot of people say Bolt was the turning point of Disney after their shitty like early 2000s run. I don't think it's very good, but his other movies, Tangled, Zootopia, and now Encanto, are all very, 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 
very good. Um, he won the Oscar for Zootopia. I would be shocked if Encanto didn't win Best Animated Feature next year at the Oscars. Um, I also really like the restraint in terms of self-referencing other Disney properties. Like, I don't think there was hardly anything. At one point, there's like a let it go joke, but it's very fast and it's kind of contained within a, a song that's moving by quickly anyway. So, you know, that's been a complaint I've had for a lot of D- Disney movies recently, you know, especially like the Ralph Breaks the Internet type stuff. It's just too pop culture-y. This, this, yeah. this felt like, I don't know, and it felt like the the music and the story was much better than Reyes. So I would say this is the best Disney animated studios movie in half a decade, at least since Moana, up there with Moana. Very, very good stuff. I said very creative with the animation, um, the visual style, very colorful. I could watch it again. I could probably have it on mute, too. Just the way it looks is, is really good. So hard yes for me. Last but not least, Disney expert, Stevie. I will give this the hardest of yeses. I'm going to watch it more. And I really, like I said, I really want to do the behind the scenes stuff. But right now, this is probably, you know, in the top 10 range of uh, Disney Animated Studios movies. Dang. Really, really, really amazing movie. Like the animation is unreal. I mean, like Pabby said, even if you just put it on mute and you look at this movie, you know. So much time and effort went into this from the artists. The voice work is really great. The music is outstanding on both sides of Columbian side and the Lin Manuel side. Hardest of yeses. Really great characters. So, last question to you, Stevie: Has Lin Manuel Miranda redeemed himself, or do you still hate him? I think he's redeemed himself, man. This is you don't hate him anymore officially. I don't think I do. All it took was you one Encanto, like bro. Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> it, it's this is my Encanto, Pap. Like, he lit that candle, and the casita is good again. So, yeah, he's good. The audience at home can't see this, but I'm biting my (laughs) upper lip intensely (laughs) in celebration. It's so weird, too, because right before the pod, Stevie's, like, trying to rip me down, saying, I think you're the type of person that would like a song from this movie, Josh. What words were used, Josh? (laughs) Josh took strong offense to that for some reason. I know. All I said was, Josh, and there's a few of these songs you'd really like in this movie. (laughs) That's all I said. And Columbia Me and Conta was one of them. I do. Yeah. You're right. You're right. My bad. (laughs) Since Stevie has now redeemed Lin-Manuel Miranda in his eyes and is now considering himself a fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Our quick trivia yep. question yep. is Lin-Manuel Miranda themed. And I just want to keep saying the name Lin-Manuel Miranda because I know how much Seriously, loves my it. goodness. What <laughs> to the nearest dollar is Lin-Manuel Miranda's net worth? Let's go. Josh will start well yeah, Josh, do you want to go first or second? I'll, I'll let you d- decide. I'm way worse at trivia. Let's let Stevie set the goalpost here. All right, Stevie, your boy. <sighs> 41-year-old prodigy from Queens. It's from Queens. He also has probably one of the biggest Broadway hits of all time, if not the biggest. He's an actor, lyricist, composer, and rapper, according to Celebrity <laughs> Net Worth. His, <laughs> his music order of talent. His music. I mean, his music composing is unreal. Though. I mean, it's up there with like the greats. Um, it's just fun. You know what I mean? Like he's just a good. He doesn't dude. have to be overly clever. 
I think there's percentages involved, much like um, Katzenberg had when it comes to Lin-Manuel and Hamilton. So I don't think it's astronomical yet. I think it will over time. I'm going to say 92 million. 92 million? Josh? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Three names, but how many millions? I'm going to say over, but if I was to guess, I think I'd put it in like the 160 arena. Mm. But I'm going to say my official answer is over. Stevie had the right idea. Not astronomical yet. $80 million, according to Celebrity. Okay, But he's going to be making money off Hamilton and in the Heights for as long as he lives. Which will just, I mean, it'll, yeah, it'll grow exponentially over time. Did he sell Hamilton to Disney for like a bunch of money? Maybe it was just $70 million for the movie rights. I don't know. Either way, good for Limo or Miranda. But Stevie, toss it to Spoiler Man. Oh, well, I'll say this. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen Encanto, please go watch it. It's really, really good. And ignore my Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda hate. Totally redeemed himself. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. This was a lot of fun, guys. And uh, take it away, spoilers, man. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. What are you doing? Brother Brian. They were just asking about the family. She was about to tell us about her super awesome gift. Druid King. Oh, Mirabel didn't get one. Nick. The Meg. What is happening? David. You know, out of all my older cousins, you're like my favorite cousin, so I feel like I can talk to you about anything. Ergo, you can talk to me about anything. Nurse Stacy. So what do, what do you like? What do you like? You like sports? Game shows. Telenovelas. That love could never be. I don't understand. Brother Ellis. Well, because she's his aunt and she has amnesia, so she can't remember that she's his aunt. It's like a very forbidden kind I of... I don't <laughs> understand why you left but didn't leave if you'd like to request an episode hear your name read by spoiler man or even just help us make podcasts please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast our email is podcast spoilers at gmail.com twitter is at spoilers underscore pod our instagram is podcast spoilers it's lit Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible.
That was spoilers.